Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We're focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. Fresh is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology platform that enables managers or their companies to offer personalized employment. Our guest today is Shirley Cavanaugh. Shirley is the global head of talent and organization effectiveness for UDG Healthcare, a global integrated healthcare service provider offering a range of services to the healthcare industry across 29 countries. She has a portfolio career spanning financial services, retail, and healthcare, and has worked in both the private and public sector. Her passion is helping people be the best they can be. In her spare time, she is currently completing a PhD and recently with colleagues from the Trinity College Dublin, St. Gallen University in Switzerland, and Ivy Business School in Canada, she won the best paper award given by the Academy of Management for a paper titled In the Eye of the Storm, Turbulent Times and the MBA. In this paper, Shirley and her co-authors investigated the extent to which MBA programs provide content, develop skills, and nurture mindsets to prepare students to tackle today's global challenges. Shirley, Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you, Jess. I'm absolutely delighted to be part of this. Well, I am thrilled to have you here and super excited to dig in. So um, it's time to get fresh and we'll, we'll start with our first question. So how, how, Shirley, do you define the future of work? So... Jess, I was thinking about this and I decided to do a little fun thing, which was to put future work into my Google search bar. And um, I was staggered to find 21 billion results came through yesterday and 20 billion results came through today. So obviously there's a lot of activity in this space. Um, but for me, it's just really very, very simple. And that is how are we going to get work done over the future? And I suppose, again, there are, there are, for me, there are probably three core elements to that. You know, how is technology going to help us? And that fits really neatly into the work that you do, Jess, and, you know, what you're creating for organizations. And the whole generational piece, I mean, there's sort of lots of interesting perspectives on that now with, you know, with multi-generational workforce and, you know, the, the factors we need to consider in, you know, making our workforce as well as inclusive as possible, and just all of the social and environmental factors. And um, so to me, it's bringing all those things together, just as I said, to figure out how are we going to get work done in the future? I love it. It's a really big question. As you said, 20 billion results. <laughs> um, it's some, and maybe perhaps overwhelming as well, because those are big rocks that you're talking about. But um, I love the breakdown into those three areas. So thank you, thank you for sharing that perspective. So, so let's dream big for a moment um, and assume you can snap your fingers um, and tomorrow it will happen. Um, what's one thing you personally want to see change about work and life? So Jeff, 
I'm I'm going to be a bit of a problem here because I'm going to switch you, Shirley. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to switch your question ever, ever so slightly. Okay. Um, into what do I not want to see change? Because mm. I think the past year, eighteen months have challenged an awful lot of us. And, you know, if, if I was the genie in the bottle and if I was uh, switching my fingers, I think the thing I wouldn't want to see change is trust. And um, because I think leaders, um, employees, just people in general ha have, you know, worked in a different way. And to me, trust has really been at the core of that, you know, trusting people to to not be in the office, for instance, you know, to be able to manage some of the really, really challenging issues that might have arisen for individuals over the past 18 months. Um, and for us to trust people to deliver work, to, you know, to, to look after themselves and look after their families, you know, and look after their friends in a really challenging environment. Um, I mean, I think if I could really snap my fingers, I'd be saying, Let, let's keep that, you know, let's, let's, figure out what we've learned from working that way. Um, I think that's what I'd really, really like to see. So I, I'm sorry, I know I flipped your question. I was a bit naughty there, Jess, and flipping it around there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite all right. I, I like it. Um, I think that clearly trust is so critical to doing great work. And certainly I think will be a big part of the future of work. I, and I And I love your perspective that it's deepened almost in this mm -hmm. last 18 months that we've had to think about how how mm -hmm. we're trusting people in a different way because we don't see each other maybe physically every day, um, at least in, in some office settings. So um, no, I think I think that's wonderful. I, I and I, I I like reflecting on maybe how trust has grown or the the value of it has become clearer to people and, and really doubling down on that in the future. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hopefully we won't forget that we trusted everybody when we couldn't go certain places oh. or do certain things. So so let's continue to operate in that way. Yeah. And I think that's the real challenge, Jess, you know, because I've had numerous conversations with people and um, in all sorts of different arenas, you know, where we talk about, you know, some really good things happened over the eight, past 18 months. And, you know, will we change? Will we go back to the way we were, you know? And some people say to me, oh, absolutely not. And some people say our, our natural uh, disposition as human beings is to start going back to the way we were. So I, I'm really interested to see, you know, where we are in another 12 months time. Hopefully not with another pandemic, of course, but, you know, just in terms of how we view life as we've come out of, sort of the, you know, the, the very artificial situation that we had. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm equally as fascinated. I, we'll have to check back in in 12 months and see where Definitely. we are. <laughs> so um, as for fresh takes, so freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness, what, which of those areas do you see as the most pressing right now? As we're thinking about the future of work, we're thinking about what's next, and the evolving employer-employee dynamic. Um, is there one that really pops out to you as, as critical? Yeah, one just popped out immediately, I have to say. And, and you know, I, I loved all of them, I, you know, because they are, are also current and also future-based as well, and also integral to how we are as human beings and how we live our lives and how we do our work. 
but the one that really hit me immediately was freedom. Um, and in many ways, I think that some of the other uh, uh, values that you know, you're espousing within your own, um, that phrase of fresh, happiness, for instance, to me is a consequence of freedom. You know, all of these, so they're all definitely interlinked, but I think the one that really hit me was freedom because, you know, I think we, we've come a long way in many parts of the world in terms of, you know, inclusiveness, in terms of recognizing people for who they are and what they bring. Um, and I think we've still got a very long way to go, actually, you know, in many parts of our, our world or even just in many parts of our society as such as well. So to me, I, I think it's keep pushing those boundaries, you know, keep allowing people the freedom to either be who they are, you know, and it goes back to the, that old phrase, being your authentic self, but the freedom to be that person and, um, you know, and the freedom of choice. You know, we've been so lucky over the past uh, 18 months in some ways because, you know, I, I know many people have been overwhelmed at home and they've got all these balls to juggle. The children maybe who are they've been trying to keep occupied, you know, who haven't been in school. But at the same time, we've actually got a lot of freedom. You know, we've, we've had freedom. You know, we've had freedom to interact with our families, maybe the way we hadn't got before. And, you know, we'd freedom maybe to work in a different way because of, you know, the use of technology. And, and I really do think that, you know, as we look into the future, we've really got to figure out how we keep that freedom at the core. As I said, freedom for people to be themselves and freedom for people to work in a way that allows them live their lives as well and balance their lives and, and have that freedom of choice. Because, you know, that's, that's at the core for me, I have to say, of everything. And I do think it leads to, you know, other aspects. So it leads to happiness, you know, and, and I think, and it leads to simplicity maybe as well. You know, yeah. I think in many ways, many of us have looked at our lives over the past 12 months and reevaluated. You know, there are things that maybe we didn't appreciate as much as we do now. Um, and again, will we keep appreciating those in the next 12 months, of course, will be key. But but freedom jumped out at me, I have to say. It was a really, really easy choice for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for sharing all that. I, I, I could not agree more. I think that um, the idea that we're all adults in the working world, we are, um, we've got lives and we've got work and we've got goals and aspirations and helping to really empower people with with all of that, um, I, I think leads to is that freedom, and um, and I don't see how it could lead to anything bad. And I, I think for for a long time it was like you know operate within policies, operate within rules, and and that seems to be evolving a bit. Maybe guiding principles and you know, you know guardrails in place, but um, but really giving people freedom. So. Um, Great answer. Thank you for sharing that. Um, all right. So this this actually connects. I'm really excited to to dig into this question with you because um, this is all about managers and leadership and how how you think managers can best navigate the months ahead. I think this connects into your award winning paper and some mm -hmm. of the the insights that you were able to derive there. So really interested in your thoughts on this particular topic. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, even, you know, I was lucky to work with some super academics, I have to say, who are, 
you know, very well researched and expert in their areas. And it was really interesting when we came together because, you know, we had me as a, a practitioner and an early stage academic in many ways. And we had um, people who were, you know, very sort of, you know, absorbed in the whole research world and very close to sort of some really, really great thinking on this. Um, and, you know, when we put our paper together, we were thinking about how are we preparing leaders to lead in a world where there are these uncertainties, where, you know, unexpected things happen, um, where crises happen that, you know, through, through nobody's fault, you know, how do we navigate through them? Um, and how do we get leaders to understand their role as well in, you know, being involved in a world where we've got a responsibility? You know, we've got a responsibility to the planet, we've got a people, responsibility to the people, who live on that planet, we have responsibility to each other. How, how do we prepare leaders for that? Um, and one of the things that struck me when I was thinking about, you know, how do we do that? Um, and I think my experience was, you know, I think it's about, first of all, being thoughtful, you know, and thinking really, really carefully about what are the, the things that matter in the future and the things that we as leaders, be it in organizations, or we could be leaders in society, who knows, you know, we could straddle both roles, in fact. But, but how do we want to shape that? Because the power is very much within our hands. And, and what, are, what are the legacies that we want to leave, you know, with not just with people who work with us or for us, but, you know, even our friends, our families, you know, what are the messages we want to give? So, you know, I think, how, you know, as regards navigating over the next few months, navigating over the next few years, I think it's about being very thoughtful and learning from our past 18 months, because the, the world of organizations flipped, you know, in, in a really, really short period of time. You know, I remember we had, the day before we shut everything down, we had um, global colleague, our colleagues from various parts of the globe coming to Dublin to actually work on a learning program that we were going to roll out. And, you know, we just, everything stopped. And, you know, it, it all stopped so quickly as well and so unexpectedly. Um, and we moved through, anyone who was involved in, I suppose, leading through that crisis knows the waves that we went through as we went through that 12, 18 month period and the challenges that it brought. And many of us were not prepared for those challenges, actually. And, um, you know, be it from our own skill base or from our own, just what we were sort of delving into within ourselves. You know, could we could we actually deal with a crisis that we had never imagined? I mean, I don't know how many people had a pandemic on their risk register. I suspect not an awful lot. So all of a sudden we were in this space. So, you know, I think about, you know, looking to the future, we need to make sure our leaders are prepared, you know, understand, you know, the the the, the different aspects that can happen, the, the different things that can happen in the world. And, and that they're thoughtful leaders, you know, that they are leading with purpose, with care, you know, with with kindness. And obviously, you know, the, the profit is important for companies. For some, it's not, you know, they're, they're, they're different motivations. But I think being really, really clear about purpose and really creating purposeful leaders. And that comes for me from thoughtfulness and from learning and looking back and reflecting and taking the time out to reflect. You know, again, I wonder how many organizations now are actually sitting down and reflecting and saying, okay, what did we actually learn? What did our leaders learn? And what did I learn about myself as a leader? 
Um, and I don't know if lots of companies are doing that. So, you know, again, it, it's something that we need to do. So for me, it's about thoughtfulness, about reflections, about learning. Wow. Um, I, I, lo I love that last point, especially because I think so many people are looking for answers right mm -hmm. now. Like, what's the answer? What's the thing that we want to tell our organization? Or what's the new policy we're going to put in place? Or what does hybrid look like? Um, that the, the questions being asked are more to get to an end versus to reflect on all the learnings. And I, I think it's a great reminder that let's reflect on what, what has happened, what we have learned, and what that's going to look like now in the way that work needs to be approached moving forward. So incredible. Um, okay, I have one final question for you. We, we ask this on every podcast. Um, what is one company that you admire for their fresh take? Okay, so, so the company I'm going to choose has actually really only came on my come on my radar, I would say, over the past two weeks. So when I thought about this question, I said the obvious thing is, you know, to pick one of these super duper international organizations who are doing fantastic things. Um, and then I began to think about it when I heard about this company. And I said, gosh, you know, they, they really are embodying a lot of what you're talking about in a very difficult situation. So if, if you don't mind indulging me, Jess, and allow me to be outrageously parochial here and pick an Irish company. Um, but I do have to say to you, there is a connection to the US because um, this particular company is based in the ancestral home of Barack Obama here in Ireland in a, in a county called Offaly. But to me, it just embodied what you know, big companies, you know, should really strive to be. Um, and, and there were so many different aspects to this I really liked. So if, if you don't mind me sharing a little bit about this particular company. So it's- I am on the edge of my seat. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> okay. So this is um, a food producer and they produce um, yogurts and milk, all organic produce, um, all focused on sustainability. And um, they're called Glenisk. So if anybody wants to Google them, go ahead and Google them because it's been a really interesting past couple of weeks for them. And they're standout for me in many different respects. So, um, so, so their focus, as I said, has very been much about uh, producing products sustainably. They're very aware of the environment and they don't compromise. They've had um, a really interesting campaign about planting uh, one million trees in Africa as they sell their products. They achieved that last year and they were starting their second year of their one million trees campaign. So very focused on what was going on around them and the environment. And um, two weeks, they I think it was two weeks ago, they suffer suffer suffered a devastating fire at their plant. So um, they managed to get all of their employees out of the plant, but the plant was absolutely destroyed. Um, and I think this is really interesting, just their reaction to what happened. Um, and uh, on a number of different levels, I, I think it's their awareness of um, their environment, their community, um, the, the people that they're not uh, directly associated with. So, you know, the, the, 
the project that they had, their one million trees project, for instance, that did, they didn't lose sight of that at all. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read their Twitter post that they put up following um, within 24 hours of this devastating fire. So it's just a it's a couple of seconds. So if you just in, again, go for it. Oh, my gosh. Of course, I'm, I'm loving this. So um, the, the tweet is titled Message of Thanks. Um, and I'll just read it out for you. So it says, on this, the blackest of days, the outpouring of love is a beacon. Thanks to each and every one of you who has been in touch. Many of you are asking how to help. Here's how. Keep some space for us in your hearts. We'll be back very soon. Meantime, consider supporting another local producer. If you can, help Self-Help Af Africa with a small donation to the One Million Trees campaign. We're so close to reaching two million trees, and we may not now be able to get them over the line as we'd hoped. Today was a bad day for Glenisk, but much worse for others in the world. Today's a new day here in beautiful Offaly. And Offaly, of course, is uh, the town and the ancestral hole of Barack Obama, where this particular uh, company is based. But to me, that just embodied on so many levels, you know, what it is to be part of a community, you know, to focus not just on yourself, but on others who are, as they say, in, in much worse uh, position across the world. And, and it's just, and it's been really interesting even to see the reaction of other companies to them um, and the reactions on Twitter to this statement. Um, but that was posted by the, the CEO, as I said, within 24 hours of that fire happening, which wow. pretty much devastated their business. Well, if that's not a fresh take, I don't know what is. So thank you very much for sharing that. And I love the global aspect, bringing your, your Irish company into the mix. Um, the future of work is happening globally. It's not just here in the U.S. I'm glad that I get to talk to you today from across the, the pond, so to speak. Yeah. And um, thank you, Shirley, so much for, for being here I'm inspired by by all of your answers, especially the last story. I can't go go. I can't wait to go look up Glenisk and uh, follow along in their journey as well. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jess. I mean, I, as I said, I I love fresh. I love the acronym. I think it embodies what you do, and I do think it embodies what you know what we need as leaders in organisations to be as we navigate through the future. So thank you very much for inviting me from Dublin. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> thank you, Shirley. And everybody else, thanks for listening. And don't forget to stay fresh.